in-depth, investigative. This is KXAN News Today. Days after the Texas Department of Public Safety resumed its partnership with Austin Police, we're going to find out how it's been going. Good morning, I'm Tom Miller. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Ethnondas. The Public Safety Commission hearing today from Austin Police, the city, the Austin Justice Coalition, and grassroots leadership. All the groups talking about the partnership that resumed on Sunday, July 2nd. It started back in March as a way to assist APD with the staffing shortage. The program halted, though, in May, so troopers would focus their attention on the border. During the June 5th Public Safety Commission meeting, APD said the department saw an uptick in violent crime after deep PS left Austin. First warning weather with meteorologist Kristen Curry. Well, good morning to you. We start with a live look outside. We are quiet this morning. A little bit of low cloud cover in spots, but our Whittlesea landscape supplies weather camera there in southeast Austin showing nice conditions to start our Monday. Temperatures in those upper 70s to low 80s. 82 Georgetown, 80 right now here in Austin. 82 in Lano, 79 in Bastrop. Most of us about the same as what we had to start our day yesterday. Maybe one or two degrees on either side of those morning lows, but in general, today is going to look and feel a lot like what we had on Sunday. Considering yesterday we hit 104, today we're going to repeat that. Austin likely to reach that 104 again with a feels-like temperature even hotter than that, about 108 to 110 across the city. But we could have spots up to 112 with a feels-like today. Heat advisory in effect starting at 1 o'clock this afternoon. Coming up, there's a few stray storms that some of us could see. It's not widespread. It's nothing I would rearrange your Monday plans over, but we're going to be watching for some activity up north of us that could potentially hold together to impact some of our northern counties. I'm going to show you the latest timing on that. We'll talk about the heat staying in the headlines this week and some record warm nights ahead of us. I'll fill you in in my first warning forecast. Sounds good. Kristen, thank you. At last report, the Hayes County Office of Emergency Management says that weekend brush fire north of San Marcos is 90% contained. The concern and now is how the situation was handled. And as KXN's Sarah Alshea explains, while people nearby could see these flames burning, they say they were left in the dark over what was going on. Just in plumes of black, black, black smoke. And, and I mean, it's just like at the end of our property. Elmer and Adoris Jackson live near Hilliard Road in the San Marcos area where a brush fire broke out Saturday afternoon. And he says, I can see the flames. I'm like, are yeah. you kidding? So I think about all the different things that need to happen, and it's just too much to do. Officials are calling it the Vineyard Hill Fire. According to the Director of Emergency Services for Hayes County, Mike Jones, it started after someone started burning brush on their property. With the winds and, and of course, the temperatures, um, the climbers got out of out of hand, apparently. Jones says no homes were at risk and there were no evacuations in place. Because of that, he says the county didn't send out a notification to residents about the fire. We weren't trying to evacuate anybody. We didn't want to increase the anxieties. But for the Jacksons, one of the most stressful parts about this was not having regular updates about what was happening. In my mind, what will we do? What would we do? What could we do? They say instead of the county immediately sounding the alarm about the fire on its website or social media. 
It was their goats who let them know. Well, what they were doing yesterday was just like loud and all of them together. In the future, Jones says they'll work on having a person on call whose main priority is getting regular updates on social media sites like Nextdoor, Facebook, and the county's emergency page. The Jacksons agree that would be helpful in these situations. That line of communication is what needs to be established. Sarah Olshah, KXAN News. Hayes County says that the fire burned about 50 acres, that county not under a burn ban. Mm -mm. And we know going in depth, the area where this fire broke out is very close to an unmanned fire station. About five months ago, we reported a house was destroyed by a fire just a few hundred feet away from that empty station. The Hayes, South Hayes County Fire Chief said at the time no one was at the station because of staffing issues. And according to residents in the area, it remains empty to this day. Well, it's a wet start to the week out in the New England area. The rain on radar right now. We can even see some of those blue boxes indicating flash flood warnings. And we have much more to come. Three to five inches of rain in New England falling through the day today. Much of the area under a high risk of flash flooding. And I wanted to show you this is already falling on saturated soils. A rare flash flood emergency yesterday declared for parts of New York State. This is actually video of floods in Orange County. That's in the south eastern part of New York. One woman has died as she was trying to evacuate. Many were stranded in cars due to flooding. We will keep you updated with that situation throughout the day. We know you will, Kristen. Thank you. President Biden is in London this morning. The president meeting the prime minister of Britain and then King Charles. Biden arrived in Britain last night, was greeted by the American and British ambassadors. President will later be heading to Lithuania for a NATO summit. Major topic there, Biden's plan to send cluster bombs to Ukraine. That's a plan opposed by most Democrats. COVID tests showing up in Central Texas mailboxes. Trouble is, no one asked for them. KXAN investigates coming up. And the arrests outside of Austin connected to street takeovers here just months ago. Good morning, a live look outside from our Whittlesey camera in South Austin on this Monday morning. We're happy to have you along with us on KXAN News Today. Police arrested five people in Fort Worth over the weekend, accusing them of taking part in a street takeover. And now we're learning that police believe they are part of that same group that did the same thing in Austin last February. Yeah, it caused a lot of problems. Fort Worth PD saw a crowd gathering Saturday night and recording a Dodge Challenger doing donuts in an intersection. The Challenger led police on a high-speed chase, and at one point, after police used spikes to flatten the tires, the people inside got into another vehicle and then took off. Two of the five arrested are juveniles. The others are 17, 19, and 20 years old. Going in depth here, police arrested 24 people after Austin Street takeovers in February. Happened at busy intersections all across the city, like Barton Springs Road and South Lamar, also North I-35 and East Anderson Lane. Court documents say multiple crashes occurred, cars hit pedestrians, and police vehicles were damaged. A major day for doctors and nurses and two proud parents at a hospital in Houston. A set of successfully separated conjoined twins are going home. They're so rare that there's no, there's no playbook. In the back of my mind, I always have my, my plan A, B, and then all the way down to like LMN. Ella and Eliza were connected at the abdomen. Dr. Alice King led a surgical team of 17 that took six hours to complete that separation. 
Coming up on today, the girl's parents joining the show for a live interview. Driverless cars stopping in the middle of Austin Roads. Why the company says this is happening. And the cleanup of Lady Bird Lake enters a new phase. What's going in the water? Rangers and Astros closing out the first half of the season. Both of them struggling over the weekend. I've got more on that coming up. Welcome back. Summer heat means the start of tick season, and that could leave you sick, and doctors say with a lifelong food allergy. Yeah, the CDC this week is altering people, to, is alerting people rather, to a food allergy spread by the lone star tick. It can spark alpha-gal syndrome. That's making you allergic to red meat, among other symptoms. And while the CDC says the illness commonly comes from the type of tick, others cannot be ruled out. Doctors say if you get bit by a tick, don't throw it away. Keeping it actually can help doctors figure out what diseases you may have been exposed to. All right, the Powerball. Did you hear about this? <laughs> yes. Woo! The Powerball jackpot just keeps on growing this morning. Jackpot grew from 615 million to 650 million. It's the 10th largest in history now. Tonight's cash option worth an estimated $328 million. There have been 34 consecutive drawings without a jackpot winner, though. The jackpot last hit on April 19th. The prize worth $252 million. Did you play over the weekend? I haven't played. You haven't? Yeah, uh -huh. I was going to on Friday. Then I was like, I'll wait on Saturday because that's the biggest one. And then I forgot. Uh but I'm glad nobody won. You got today. That's the thing, 34 in a row without a winner. Who's to say they're going to get it on 35? I know. Well, you, you'll, you <laughs> can't win if you don't play. You know? right. <laughs> All right, let me show you what's going on with your <laughs> forecast here because clouds and rain are showing quiet skies out there across central Texas. We've got a good amount of sunshine coming up once we do see sunrise. 80 degrees this morning, humidity at 74%. So even this morning, we've got a feels like temperature running a few degrees over those actual air temperatures. Feels more like 84 at 445 in the morning. 104 is where I expect us to be this afternoon. South winds followed 15 miles per hour. We've got a 10% chance of a few isolated storms today. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not impressed by the storm chances. 99% of this will be up the North Texas, more so South Plains Permian Basin. But because of that solid cold front up there, we could see just a few stray storms coming down from our north. Now, it's not going to be widespread. I don't expect it to impact very many of us. In fact, the majority of us will stay dry, but it is worth mentioning. That's where that 10% is, again, highlighting areas in our northern counties. So Lampasas, Burnett, Williamson County, Milam County, all looking at that 10% chance of a few isolated storms if they hold together long enough. Now, you'll notice that severe risk just clips portions of Lampasas and Milam County. It's a low risk, one out of five. I'm not really expecting severe weather today. I think if those storms hold together long enough, they could bring some gusty winds, but that would be about it. Rain chances, they'll be 10% today and tomorrow. Then they disappear completely out of the forecast. So unfortunately, it is looking like a dry week and a hot week. Why do I say that? Well, this heat dome that's to our west, this will control our weather through the entire week into the weekend. This thing is mean. It's strong. It's going to keep our temperatures at 104 to 105 every single day this week. So it is going to be a brutal kind of July summertime in Central Texas kind of 
forecast. We've got 104 today, 104 tomorrow, a pair of 105s midweek, and then we'll still stay near that 104 Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We've got a heat advisory up for most of us today. We'll probably do it again tomorrow. You can pretty much expect those heat alerts to be with us daily. But just reminding you, especially looking at this seven day forecast, we've got our cakes again, fan drive 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. on Friday. That will be do uh, donating uh, box fans, monetary donation, just keeping our friends cool this Central Texas summer. And we'll be talking more about that throughout the week. Well, some Central Texans are getting COVID-19 tests in the mail by the dozens. And they tell KXA and investigators they never ordered or wanted the at-home test and have noticed charges on their Medicare bills. Pretty strange here. Arzo Doe's talked to several families who reached out for help and learned some of the tests they're receiving are already expired. Sometimes you get four tests, sometimes you get eight tests. Suzanne Madeley goes through her haul. And this has four of them in it. It's the same. This is the same. COVID-19 tests she never ordered or wanted, but that have been showing up by mail to her Austin home. Some even expired. Here I am sitting with all of these that could have been used by someone and it makes me furious it makes me furious um, it's so needless and it, i'm very it's very frustrating and we got probably as many as 50 of them if not more in dripping springs richard mcginn has his own stash it was from places in california and wisconsin and Florida, different uh, laboratories were sending them to us. He says what's even more troubling is that Medicare is paying. McGinn showed us a statement he received in March where Medicare had been billed $200 for a COVID-19 test. The amount paid by Medicare was $94. McGinn didn't owe anything. This was in one of the packages. Thank me for my recent order over the counter COVID tests at no out of pocket cost to me and I never ordered any of it at all. The Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services says from April last year through the end of the pandemic in May this year, Medicare covered COVID-19 over-the-counter tests for people who requested them. A spokesperson says CMS received calls from some Medicare beneficiaries who reported receiving tests they did not request. It's a waste of supplies. It's a horrible waste of money. The spokesperson says the number of complaints represents a small portion of people with Medicare, and the agency is investigating instances of potential abuse. An indictment obtained by KXAN investigators shows in April charges were filed against two people in Florida for allegedly unlawfully purchasing Medicare beneficiary identification numbers and shipping over-the-counter tests to them and some instances deceased patients nationwide who did not request the tests. The Department of Justice calls it a first of their kind charges and says it cost over $8.4 million in fraudulent claims to Medicare. So here they all are. I haven't used any of them. Maidley started calling the labs and warehouses, sending her the tests, but says she was never able to connect with anyone. She too was seeing Medicare billed. None of this has cost me a penny, but it's been costing the taxpayers a lot of money. She says she's been reporting every shipment to Medicare. I would be surprised if anything ever happens, but I sure hope it does. Arzo Dost, KXAN, investigates.
KXAN investigators reach out to the labs and warehouses, sending out these unwanted COVID-19 tests. Haven't heard back. We also reach out to the attorneys for the people indicted in Florida for conspiring to defraud the United States. The attorney for one of those people charged says that someone was using his client's provider number for this alleged fraud. The lawyer for the other person tells KXAN investigators they don't comment on ongoing cases. CMS says everyone should guard their Medicare number like your social security number. Only share it with trusted health care providers. As for getting these expired tests, CMS says the expiration date on some has been extended, but you should report it as it could be considered fraud. CMS spokesperson adds if you're getting tests you didn't order, call the 1-800-MEDICARE number to report it. Story started as a tip. If you have something you think we should be investigating, let us know. You can scan that QR code we have there on your screen or email us the old-fashioned way at reportit at kxan.com. Some Austinites got an important lesson in listening to their bodies yesterday at the 7th Annual Decompress Fest at the George Washington Carver Museum. Decompress Fest is a community healing fair hosted by Algo. That's a nonprofit supporting LGBTQ people of color. It was an opportunity to find community wellness resources, attend workshops featuring community healers, and shop at some of the specialty marketplaces. It's extremely important for the community to have these resources available um, because the overall well-being adds to the quality of someone's life. And so we just want to make sure that people are taking care of their minds, their bodies, and their souls in order to live long, healthy lives. Other events including a dance class, film screening, and drag story time. A recent study finds homes in LGBTQ plus friendly areas come at a cost. According to Zillow, homes in jurisdictions with legal protections are about 46% more expensive than ones without protections. Among the reasons, Zillow says those areas with protections often have more technical and skilled workers. In order to afford higher down payments on a home, Zillow says 89% of LGBTQ plus home buyers report making sacrifices, such as postponing health care services, even skipping meals. An important recall to tell you about this morning, the maker of two Belvita breakfast sandwiches calling them back because of possible peanut butter contamination or just peanut contamination. We're talking about the Belvita breakfast sandwich, dark chocolate cream and the cinnamon brown sugar with vanilla cream. So if you have that, don't eat it. There have been three unconfirmed reports of allergic reactions to the biscuits. No other Belvita products have been recalled. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning to you. You tell the Rangers they're going to be 13 games over 500. They probably take it at the All-Star break, but, well, not the way it unfolded. Rangers wrapping up the first half in Washington, and it has been a struggle as of late for a team that back on June 6th was 20 games over 500. Nationals, that is Dominic Smith, and just like that, they take a one to nothing lead. Took until the fifth inning for it to happen. Up 2 nothing. Adolis Garcia, he's headed to the All-Star game, and he dumps a base hit in the left field. He had both RBIs for the Rangers. He's up to 75. But 4-1 to one turns to 5-1 to one on C.J. Abrams' base hit. And then the Nationals play a little bit of long ball. That is Joey Manessis with the home run to right center field. A couple of batters later, pinch hitter Stone Garrett. 
goes deep and you get the idea. Rangers lose 11 of their last 16 heading into the break, but still, as I mentioned, 13 games over 500. In first place guaranteed, could the Astros do something about cutting into the lead again? Jordan Alvarez trying to get back in the lineup. He's been out a month with that oblique muscle, won't play in the All-Star game tomorrow. Meantime, Seattle trying to make it three out of four. Rangers with some defense early on. Chaz McCormick up against the scoreboard there makes the nice catch. But then Teoscar Hernandez with the base hit. And the Mariners open up a one to nothing lead in the fourth inning. And then it would be three to nothing on Jared Kelnick's two-run single in the fourth. All the runs in that fourth inning. Astros, they've been struggling against Seattle at the plate. Only run of the game comes on Martin Maldonado's home run. That's his seventh, but that's it. Six runs in four games. They lose three out of four, so the Rangers hold that two-game lead heading into the All-Star break, All-Star game, again, tomorrow night in Seattle. Back to you. Here's what else we're tracking for you this morning. Why a kayaking company is taking the governor to court when it comes to the border. That's ahead on KXAN News Today. Thanks for joining KXAN News Today. You can also listen to KXAN News Nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.